My wife, Deborah, and I are really glad to be with you guys this morning. Uh, she's over here. 51 years ago, uh, south of here a little bit, we were married on Whittier Boulevard, near, near Whittier Boulevard between Garfield and Atlantic. And um, uh, about three months later, uh, we bought a house. And that house is located pretty well where Fremont intersects Huntington Drive. So we, Alhambra was our first home as a married couple. Uh, we had met, she was, a, had been, she was a student at UCLA, I was a grad student at SC, and I met her and was infatuated. Uh, good thing was I knew I was infatuated, uh, so I, I didn't go nuts. But over time, the Lord led us together, and 51 years later, uh, we get to talk to you today in Alhambra. Uh, we, we've had a long journey. It's been good. And God has been really gracious to us. All those words we sang a few moments ago are true. It's hard to believe when you're 20s. Um, I'm 76. And I can tell you they're true. I wanted to talk to you about deceitful desires. Now, you're familiar with desires, right? You desire all kinds of things. And um, you walk around town and you see signs that are intended to stimulate desires. You watch advertisements intended to stimulate desires. You watch product placement in movies that are intended to get you to buy that. Want it? Buy it. Uh, desires are pretty normal to us. The idea of deceitful desires is interesting. It comes out of the scriptures. Uh, a lot of times we major on our thinking, and your, your thoughts are important. Wrong thinking can get you in trouble. If you're flying on the freeway and you think that the thing that you're seeing ahead of you is really a uh, bag, just a, a, a bag on the freeway. Um, that's one thing. If it turns out to be a sandbag full of sand, your thinking got you in trouble if you hit that thing. I don't know if you've ever signed contracts or not, but you, know, you can sign a contract thinking you know what's in it, but you haven't really read it you could be in trouble because the people you signed with are going to hold you to that. Our, our thinking can get us in trouble, but my observation over the years is that most of our trouble doesn't come from our thinking. It comes from our feelings. We, we tend to have feelings, and, boy, they, they really impact us, and we want to act on them. Uh, so... Uh, we're going to talk about desires. We, we have three kinds, sort of three kinds of feelings. One of them is bodily sensations. You know, your leg hurts. You feel nauseated. Uh, or something's too loud, you want to get away from it. Uh, we have bodily sensations, uh, pain in your foot, your head itches. Um, that, that's one type. 
Emotions are another. You know, things like anger, fear, um, sadness, enjoyment, uh, another type of feeling. And then there are desires. Desires are really feelings. They tend to give you thoughts, but they're really feelings. You see it, you feel you want it. Uh, you don't think you want it, you feel you want it. Uh, so, you know, bodily sensations, emotions, desires. Uh, bodily sensations, they don't cause that many problems. You know, your foot hurts, it hurts. But you know, your life doesn't take a different turn usually. Emotions, they cause lots of problems. Uh, if you get married, you'll discover that. Uh, they cause lots of problems. However, desires can wreck your life. So it's, it's something pretty important to grasp. When someone yields their life to Christ um, and trusts him, they're you know, going to follow him now, God himself actually enters into the person's life. And he provides power and stuff to, to do things. You, know, you don't get magical power. You don't become Harry Potter. But God does give power. Now, there's been a way you've been living, and um, that those ways, you can summarize them basically by three things. Uh, the old life we live, uh, selfish. We really struggle with selfishness. We like to be first. Um, and then um, arrogance. Not only do we like to be first, we feel like we deserve to be first. We're, we're a little bit better than other people, or more deserving anyway. And then damaging. If people block what we want, we hurt them. Uh, most of us don't punch them. We say mean words. Uh, some people will punch you. Some people will kill you. Other people will buy, you, buy your company and sell it out from under you just to hurt you. So, you know, it, it, has, it comes different ways. Uh, these three things sort of drive the life, and we develop a lifestyle out of it. Scripture says, calls that old way of life uh, the old self. We're going to look at a verse that talks about that. When God enters, he gives power to begin living a new way. Uh, the Bible calls it the new life, the new ways, the new self. Uh, you begin to develop a different mindset, and you start, start moving toward the way God acts, not in sovereignty, but in character. So the old self is not dead, though. It has several problems. One of the biggest of them, it's talked about in Ephesians 4, 22. Uh, you taught, the Bible says, with regard to your former ways, way of life, the old self, to put off your old self, get rid of it, which is being corrupted by deceitful desires. Hmm. The old way of life is being corrupted by deceitful desires. The old way of life the idea in the Greek language that the New Testament is written in is that the old life keeps on deteriorating. It keeps on going from bad to worse. That's the idea. Why? Because of desires that deceive you. Well, we'd like to understand what deceitful desires are and how you escape them. So uh, we're going to take a look at desires in general. Then we're going to look at... Uh, deceitful desires, and then we're going to look how you, how you escape. 
Pardon me? Uh, desires in general. A, a desire is, it's a want, but it has a push to it. You not only want it, you want it. That's a desire. It, it's not simply saying, oh, that would be nice. That's, I want it. And you feel the push. Uh, we want all kinds of things. You know, an ice cream, a car, a person, a vacation, peace, higher position at work, power, money, to be admired. We, we want all kinds of things. It hits the desire category whenever you want it. And I don't know if you felt any, I want it lately, but when you feel it, it's a desire. The problem is it can be deceitful. Uh, we want all kinds of things, but you can take our desires and put them into three broad categories. And that is, um, first, emotional. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, physical desires. We, we all, you know, we have physical cravings. We get hungry, we want food. We get thirsty, we want to drink. Uh, or, you know, if loud noise, you want to get out, you want to relieve discomfort. Uh, loud noise or something repulsive or you, you want to get away from it. It's, it's a physical desire. Uh, sex is one of those. Uh, we have a number of them, but they're physical and, and they bring a certain amount of gratification. But if you, people who study desires and, and enjoyment say that this level is actually the lowest level of enjoyment. There's a notch higher, and it's emotional enjoyment, the more intense. Now, we want, to feel, we want to feel certain emotions. We want to feel accepted and included by other people. Now, we want to feel love. Uh, we, we want to be admired. We all want to be admired. Now, we want to be upbeat. Uh, upbeat about ourselves, upbeat about things we've done. We want to be upbeat about our future. A lot of times we're not, but we want to be. Um, we want to be entertained. We like to have fun. It's an emotional thing. You got bored. Uh, we want to be entertained. We want to be, we want to be safe. We want to be safe from danger. Uh, these emotional things are not particularly bad. They can be legitimate or illegitimate, though. We'll talk about that in a moment. Um, higher level and much more intense, actually, in their satisfaction, are spiritual desires. Let me turn my alarm off. I'm not, it didn't tell me to shut up. <laughs> um, okay. There we go. Uh, spiritual desires. Uh, we want to feel and experience not just acceptance by people and things like that. We, we, want, to, we want to understand things. You know, a lot of times we get in situations we don't understand what's going on. We don't understand our life. We, we, we yearn for that. It's, it's a spiritual thing. Uh, genuine freedom. Not just feeling free, but re we want deeply freedom. Um, to have meaning, purpose, direction. We really want it. But it seems to be sort of up there somewhere. And if you're hungry, a sandwich is right here right now. But we still desire those things. When you have those things, they're actually much more intense 
and impactful than getting the sandwich. Uh, we, want, we want to be involved in what's significant. Every one of us would like to do that. Uh, some companies offer that and draw very talented people. Uh, we, want, we want to live out who we really are. Uh, we, we, that is, it's a great pleasure to us, but it's spiritual. Uh, we desire beauty. Uh, we want to be enthusiastic. We, we want to be ex excited about something. It's not just emotional. It's something much deeper than that. Uh, we, want, we want wonder. We like to be in the presence of things that just draw our, our hearts to wonder. Sometimes beautiful scenery does that. Sometimes experiences with God do that. And then the highest level probably is ecstasy. There are, there are those moments of ecstasy. I've only had like one of them in my whole life. But they are there. There's also a drug named ecstasy. Whenever you take a route to the spiritual that is illegitimate or cheap, let's say cheap, what you do is you always end up really hurting yourself. So you stay honest about where you're really at and you, you watch out. A lot of drugs will offer a lot of good, good feelings, but they're also, they destroy. There are legitimate desires and illegitimate. Um, legitimate desires <coughs> uh, have two big characteristics. They're in line with God's will for you, number one. Number two, you can get them rightly. You can accomplish them rightly. In line with God's will for you, it's uh, morally right. You know, adultery is never right. How do I know? That's what God says. And he's going to grade all our final papers. But life actually works out his way. Um, morally right, you don't steal, you don't lie, you don't cheat. Leviticus 19.11 says that. Uh, you, you, you're morally right. You don't have to compromise what's morally right to accomplish your desire. If you, if you have to do what's morally wrong, it's illegitimate, no matter how strong it is. Uh, it fits with God's direction for you. Um, my, I started off as a chemist. I worked for a while as a chemist, made excellent money. I was looking forward to lots of money after I finished my doctorate at SC. The Lord called me into the ministry. Guess what? No Lamborghinis. All kinds of problems there. There are things that were in the Lord's will for me that were not that. Now, for some people, the Lamborghini is a fine purchase. I know a man who made millions. He bought a very expensive Porsche. People criticized him. However, he gave away half of his income every year. I had no problem with his Porsche. It would have been a problem for me getting one. Uh, we live in an old part of town, and at one point, I told Deborah, I said, I finally understand why God never let us have a Porsche. She said, why? I said, I have to sleep in it at night with a shotgun just to keep it. You know, it just wasn't, it wasn't the Lord's will for the path he had for us. It wasn't necessarily wrong, but there are different distributions he has for you. I mean, different callings, and they entail different types of things. 
And um, many people are called to the pastorate who do drive Lamborghinis and legitimately. Um, that was not my calling. I've always wanted work in the kingdom of God in that area. So the Lord has never led there. Uh, so uh, it fits with God's direction. It can be obtained rightly. You, you use the right means. You don't have to violate, steal, whatever. Uh, but also, you don't violate priorities. Sometimes we get an opportunity to have something, but to get it, we have to violate, we have, we have to let go major responsibilities in order to do this or have this. Just compromise some over here. You stay with God's priorities. And if it's going to take you out of the God's priorities, it'll, let, it'll be damaging. Illegitimate desires, uh, they're desires for something impossible. Strangely, a lot of people yearn for these things. I like, I really, I'm, I've been born too late. I should have been born in the time of the nights and ladies. Wish on. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Or, you know, oh, I wish, wish I'd been born 500 years from now when things were fabulous. Well, it's not going to happen. I would really love to ride a unicorn. <laughs> it ain't going to happen. Uh, these things are foolish. Uh, they waste time and life, and they gain nothing. They're just they're unreasonable. So, some, are, some are impossible. Others... Others are just, and, and by, by the way, these impossible also poor stewardship. They, they keep you from focusing on what God does have for you while you focus on what can't be. They also, a lot of times, those are the basis for a lot of resentment against God. Uh, and self-pity. You become a victim because you can't have what you want. Uh, they're wrong because they're out of line with God's will for you. That's, that's another category. They belong to another person that don't fit in the way that God's leading your life. Uh, you know, if you're a preschool mom, uh, I wouldn't sit around wanting a vacation on the French Riviera anytime soon. There are some preschool moms that get it, but most don't. You know, it's, it's, it's a waste. Uh, if you want a Nobel Prize, you probably should select another career than Carpenter. Very few carpenters are given Nobel Prizes. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying it ain't likely. Uh, or you can't get it rightly. You know, you got to violate God's word. Or you got to violate priorities. If so, no matter what the desire is, whether it's physical, emotional, or spiritual, it's out of bounds. Um, and it's actually deceitful. Deceitful desires, just quickly... Uh, their desires for what's out of bounds. That word we looked at in Ephesians 4 that says, calls it desires, deceitful desires. <clears throat> um, that word is a Greek word that means longing for the illegitimate or what's out of bounds for you. You're standing there and you're longing for it, but it's out of bounds of the will of God. And in order to get it, you're going to have to go out of bounds. Now, the problem is, because it's out of bounds, does not reduce the push. It doesn't necessarily reduce the want to. You can really want the stuff that's out of bounds. 
Um, the, you can want the foolish, the impossible. You can want the wrong. Um, and you, you, have to, you have to deal with reality. On this thing about God's leadership in your life, uh, you're going to run into people who have tremendously greater giftings than you. Those are given by God. He's given you some. Why didn't he give me that? Because he doesn't want you to live their life. He wants you to live your life. So discover what yours are. Work with them. You'll do well. You're going to run into people that have far more than you. And you can long for it. Oh, not long. And you ain't going to get it. It's not coming. It's not God's will for you. So you, you, want, to, you want to use good sense. I, I read years ago, a fellow wrote a book, very helpful book. Uh, he, was, he was going to be a missionary, and he'd been on the field about 10 years. Whenever he was on a break back in the States, and he was a really good musician, an organ player. And he dropped by an organ shop one day. There's this beautiful electric organ. And they let him play it for about 30 minutes. He said, it was a delight. And said, as he was wrapping up playing it, he realized, you know, you just need to accept the fact that this is not going to be a part of your life and focus on what I have for you. It's okay for you to play the organ, but don't start wanting it because it's not to be a part of your life. There are things that God has said no to you on, either permanently or at least not for this time. If you, if you say no to yourself, you won't regret it. How, how do desires deceive you? Here's the key. Desires always make the thing that you want look great. When I really wanted something, either legitimate or illegitimate, my desires have never said, you know, this could seriously damage you. My desires always say, wow, oh my. I want it. This is beautiful. This is good. You'd really enjoy this. Uh, desires are really helped if there's a good salesman around. I bought a car one time. And some of you know the story. It's one of those one of those points in my life where God taught me a lot. It's so while we were living in Alhambra. I needed a car. I started taught college and then I started doing ministry with college students next year. And we needed an extra car to get around in. So we went looking for a second car. And we didn't have a lot of money. And we ended up over in Santa Monica at a classic car place. We just happened to see it and walked in. There were these incredible classic cars there. You know, there are classic cars like 57 Chevys, but these were real classics. 1936 Bugatti and uh, stuff like that. And I saw a Morgan. It was a top-down English sports car and um, looked like some of the classic, old classic cars. Had a leather strap across it. It was beautiful. And I wanted it. <laughs> I wanted it bad. It was so cool. You know, you get the right car, people admire you. So cars are not just about the car. They're also about the emotional desires. And so... I looked at it, and the guy, the guy really helped me. <laughs> and I was on the inside, the Lord was saying, don't buy it. Don't buy it. 
And I thought, if I buy it, I'll be out of the will of God, so I'll let my wife make the decision. <laughs> and I said, what do you think? She said, well, I, I think it'd, it'd be fine. I said, okay. <laughs> On the way home, we were driving up Huntington Drive. I was. She was in the, her car behind me. The front wheel nearly fell off. I fixed that car every day. It was 10 years old, had a Triumph engine, Jaguar transmission, and an oak frame. Beautiful car. And um, I fixed it every day. I had, had bailing wire under the hood, all my tools. It just tore up every day. And after about, after about five, six months, I was praying, oh, God, please let me out of jail. <laughs> it had been deceitful. Oh, yes, it was beautiful. Oh, yes, it was cool. Oh, yes, it was full of problems. But my desires never told me that while I was looking at it. God tried to. But my desires didn't tell me that. And they, they never said, you know, you're going to spend the next nine months fixing this thing. We finally sold it. And it had a curse on it while we, while, while we owned it. Next week, the couple that bought it won Best in Show, a classic car show. It, was, it tore up for us all the time. Uh, so desires deceive. The, the word that's translated deceitful desires is a word that in the Greek language means, it means to present something as one thing when it's really something else. And we tend to think that we can see through the disguises in life. You know, you can put lipstick on a pig, but I can tell it's still a pig. But that's, that's not the way deceitful desires are. You want it. And the push is real. You can be totally taken in. The Greek word is apatia. It means to delude. You really deceive. It's a Trojan horse. Oh, yeah, it's impressive. But what's going to happen is not good. You, you can be totally taken in. Again, that Greek word corrupt it's corrupted it's it's a word that means to shrivel wither spoil ruin it's not a good word it goes from bad to worse you buy into these life gets worse and worse so i bought it and <laughs> life had a little bit of joy but a lot of problems how, how do you escape damage from deceitful desires. Um, that verse, Ephesians 4, 22, is followed by a statement about the new life that says you need to be made new in the attitude of your mind. Get a different mindset. And then you need to put on the new self. You're going to have to walk in, in new kinds of ways. It's not real specific, though. It says righteousness and holiness. That means doing right and, and pure motives. Um, but another passage in Scripture gets into details. It's uh, Titus 2, 11 through 13. And um, it says, For the grace of God, God's kindness to us, teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions. It's that same word, desires. It's the desire for the out of bounds. Say no. Ungodliness and worldly passions. And to live, three things, self-control, upright, and godly lives in this present age. I'd like to look at those in a little more detail. 
Um, if you want, if you want to escape the deceit and avoid the nine months of fixing the car daily, then you have to understand that if it's out of bounds, if you really know this is not right, but it's so appealing, then you 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 have to say no. In the Greek language, that, that word say no means reject. Nope, not doing it. Uh, if you don't say no, you will be saying yes. That's just how it goes. Now you have to act quick, say no. If it's a strong physical desire, uh, like you know, desire for sex, wrong sex, uh, you actually have to run. Scripture says a couple of times, flee whenever this occurs. Uh, flee. Why? Well, if you don't flee, you will be snared. So, uh, you, have to, you have to say no. If you remain in the presence of temptation, really hard temptation, if you remain in the presence, you will succumb. Uh, you, you've got to choose, say no, and then you have to choose three things. One, be self-controlled. You know, I'm going to have to take charge of myself and walk me out of here. It's an effort. At the moment of real desire, you don't want to be self-controlled. You want the delight and all the pain that comes with it. You choose, you're just going to be self-controlled. The Greek word self, that translates self-control means something like this. You use good sense to rein yourself in. Use good sense to rein yourself in. You won't want to use good sense, you better. Say no, get, get it out there first, and then use good sense to rein yourself in. Uh, do, do what's right, do, upright, be upright. Act quickly, because again, if you delay, you'll be a problem. Uh, and then live godly. It's an interesting word in the Greek language. Uh, godly is a good translation, but it, it really means something like this. God referenced. It has to do with devotion to God. And the idea is if you're devoted to someone, uh, you will take into consideration their feelings, their desires. So you, you God reference quickly. To be ungodly, that early part of the verse says, you know, ungodly, ungodliness and worldly desires, avoid, say no to it. Ungodliness means acting without reference to God. I God reference. The rest of the world does not do this. If you're a Christ follower, you need to. If you're not yet a Christ follower, you're going to discover it's very smart. God's ways don't lead into wretchedness. Sometimes they, they lead into pain, but the pain always leads to good. You'll never be sorry if you follow God's ways. So God reference. We, we do three things. Say no. Be self-controlled, do what's right, and make sure you got reference. What I did in the moment of the car is I, I heard the echoes of God speaking to me, but I didn't God reference. I me referenced. Do I want this? Yes. How can I get it? Let your wife make the decision. <laughs> well, I, you know, I'm the leader of the family, and it doesn't matter if I let her make the decision or not, it still lands with me. God reference. Uh, 
Whenever you, whenever you get ready to say no, though, the ultimate, the, the, you're facing an ultimate issue. And that ultimate issue is trust. Uh, one, of the, one of the greatest tactics of our enemy and just our, the old life is FOMO. You know FOMO. Fear of missing out. So whenever you get ready to say no, FOMO is going to pop up big in your mind, in your heart. The thought's going to come, but this is your great opportunity. If you don't take this, you're going to really miss out. It may be just a little sin, but you'll be so happy you did it the rest of your life. It may be out of the will of God, but you, you won't mind this much. You're going to miss out. You're going to miss out on real delight. You're going to miss out. And you could remember that delight for years. You could re-enjoy it in your mind over and over again. And then walk on with Jesus. FOMO. Uh, if you miss this opportunity, you're going to live deprived of delight. You're going to be emotionally impoverished the rest of your life. Act now. You know, I've heard, actually heard basically these same words from sales guys at timeshare resort presentations. If you walk out of here right now, it's all over. I'm walking. <laughs> Are you sure you want to do this? You'll never have this opportunity again. I'm walking. If you, if you stop and you listen, you will pay. It doesn't look like it. It's beautiful. It's impressive. It's a Trojan horse. What's inside it is going to really hurt. God makes a promise, Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Uh, to delight yourself in the Lord means something like this. You put him first in your life. Uh, you put doing his will as a priority over everything else, no matter how bad you want it. And you decide that you're going to find your joy one way or another, even though it doesn't look like it, you're going to find your joy in doing what's pleasing to him. That's delight yourself in the Lord. And sometimes you feel real good about that, and other times you don't feel so good about it. But you make that choice. If you delight in him, he will give you the deep desires of your heart, the deep yearnings. Well, so I'll actually get a Lamborghini? No, it's deeper than that. Uh, God will not give you what's wrong. He will give you happiness. There's actually a promise to happiness in the scriptures. It's Ecclesiastes 2.26. Ecclesiastes 2.26. To the man who pleases him, God gives wisdom, knowledge, and happiness. And I'm 76. I have my problems. But basically, I'm pretty happy. And through the years, we've known a basic joy in life. Even when we lost our daughter. It was hard, but God does not lie. The question is, when it comes right down to it, that FOMO is staring you in the face, and this wonderful thing is there. Uh, he, she, her, it, whatever it is. Will you trust God to be good to you and say no? If you say no, you've got to trust God. If you say yes, you're not trusting God, if it's illegitimate. So the question is, if I say no, and I 
going to walk in full mower. You really got to take care of me, God. At the moment, you won't feel like you will. But you choose trust. I trust you. I feel terrible. I feel awful. I feel in sin. But I'm going to trust you. I'm saying no. I'm getting out of here. I'm leaving this. Turning it off. So will you trust him? Not will you feel like trusting him. You won't. But will you trust him? If you will, over time, he'll keep his promise. You'll discover it and take time. So we, we, we all struggle with illegitimate desires our life long. It never stops. However, for me, uh, for me personally, the desire fires were really intense in my 40s. A lot of guys walk through a lot of problems during their 40s. Uh, and they, they were really intense, especially when I was disappointed or disheartened. If you get discouraged, disheartened, disappointed, you're, you're a sitting duck for wrong desires. Watch out. Let the radar go on. Um, but especially through my 40s, those were intense, but they haven't stopped. Some of the frequency and intensity died back, but they haven't stopped. So I want to urge you, just quickly say no. If you know it's out of bounds, I knew the car was out of bounds. I didn't want to hear that. I knew it was out of bounds. You know, I was stupid. I bought it. And oh, did I buy it. And all that came with it. Quickly say no. Use good, use good sense to rein yourself in. This is lovely. It's deceitful. Don't, don't let desire get control of it. Maybe you've seen one of those videos on YouTube where you know, a small lady takes her dog out for a walk, a Rottweiler or something bigger, and all of a sudden it takes off and she's gone too. That's the way desire is. You let that thing grow, it will take you. Uh, don't let the desire get control of you and drag you off. A God reference, do not... Ignore what God says. I did. It cost me. Um, I've seen desires, deceitful desires play out in the lives of people a lot of different ways. Sometimes it's purchases that bring bondage. Um, that, or people decide to put money first. I watched guys who really walked with God get to the point where they had an opportunity to make incredible money, and they sacrificed everything to do that. Move their family. Their marriage fell apart. Other stuff. Watch out. I watched other people get an opportunity to live their dream on the edge of wilderness and a much better job, too. A guy told me 30 years later, that's the worst decision I ever made. I lost my wife. Watch. It's, it's okay to move. Just make sure it, you're really about God first. Um, some, and one, one of the things that hits very frequently is wrong sex. Recently, a man near 60 told me he'd been a pastor. He'd had a difficult point in his life, about 51, 52. 53, he was really be, sort of felt emotionally beat up and discouraged, and he committed adultery. He said, I blew up my life. I lost my wife. I lost the ministry job. I lost my kids. He said, the last six years, I've been trying to put things back together with Christ. And he said, I, I've got a new job, and the Lord still loves me. But he said, I blew up my life. You know, in the moment, 
of, of staring the wrong sex in the face. Nobody ever says, you know, this is just a box of dynamite getting ready to go off. Use good sense. God reference. And move on past it because they with you. So trust God. Say no to yourself. Rein yourself in. And then move forward. Psalm 27, 13 is a verse the Lord gave me years ago, and I've experienced it. Here's what it says. You will experience the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. It says, I will. When I first read that, it seemed like the Lord said, yeah, you're going to experience this. I was young. And a lot of life stretched out in front of me with a lot of questions. And over and over again, there were real hard choices to make. But you know, by the help of God, we've made most of the right ones with struggle. And at 76, I have experienced the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, not just in the land to come, but in this life. So don't be deceived. It may look wonderful, but if it's out of bounds, it's got teeth, and oh, will it bite. Let me lead some prayer. Father, thank you for your kindness to us and giving us a way to know you personally through commitment to Jesus Christ. And thank you for all the tons of things you've done in each one of our lives who have committed to you. Uh, the way you've led our lives, the way you've given us insight, the way you've pulled us back from the edge. And then the way you've forgiven whenever we've messed up. Thank you for the way you keep on and you, the way you love each one of us. We thank you so much. We pray you'd make us wise about the things we want so badly that would destroy us. Keep us from what withers and lead us into what gives life. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.